Retro Hangover, supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Stunstill Smash the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Liguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Discimera, Jenny E, Keith Gasper, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, and Kayla Jackson. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. Welcome back to another flight, everybody. It is me, Chris. I am joined by Shane, as you would expect. Hi, Shane. Oh, hey. How's it going? I wasn't expecting to be here, but here I am, I guess. I know. I I wasn't expecting you to be here either, but you materialized and thus you are here. I am like the Spanish Inquisition, yes. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. That's right. We are. No. Uh, but we are here to expect our top five movie tie-ins, mm. which feels like we just did this. Yeah. But you know what? We will do what our patrons ask of us because they are the best. And I don't know. We're really transitioned from that. Uh, do we exit <laughs> scene right on this? No, but I do understand the difference. Like licensed games, licensed is different than directly tying into a movie. So I can see that, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know that some of my my picks for this were. Uh, there's a little bit of overlap, but I, I think we've got some some fresh some fresh blood in here. So. I think it was I, a I worthy did, topic regardless. I did everything I could to make it all fresh blood or also just be blazing lasers for five picks. But uh, <laughs> I, I did not include blazing lasers on this, by the way, everybody. So do not expect Gunhead. That's a funny name too, to be part mm. of this. Uh, but in any way, if you're curious how we get these topics and how we get to what we're talking about, it's because they come from our Patreon and Right now, if you join our Patreon, in fact, I think at any point, at the the $5 tier, you get a 14-day free trial. So you can vote on topics if that becomes available during your free trial. Uh, You can suggest topics, and you can listen to our incredible backlog of Patreon episodes, uh, which this is not part of. This is available for everybody. But you can listen to episodes like Growing Up Gaming, our King of Games 92, which is going right on right now. It's being really discussed in the Discord right now. And of course, our not-so-rapid-fire reviews. But go ahead, check that out at rhp.show slash Patreon. But let's get into the episode here, Shane. I guess I think I'm going to kick this one off. Okay, and... well, I mean, don't don't let me stop you then. All right, I won't let you stop me. Great. Because, yes, much like a Hollywood actor, I have to be dramatic about this. And just and very egotistical and just saying I'm taking the first pick here. Yeah. On uh, yeah. what my number five would be. Number five. So my number five 
is going to be Dick Tracy for the Sega Genesis. Hmm. If you like Shinobi, and I do tend to like Shinobi, you're going to find a lot of similarities here. And that's because the creator of Shinobi worked on Dick Tracy. It was made by Sega STI in the early 90s. I don't know if it was 90 or 91. Uh, Mark Cerny also worked on this title, I believe. So, like, it's it's a lot of fun. I remember mostly from my early childhood, so maybe it might not be fun because I haven't played it in so long. But I just remember having a really good time with this. Uh, if you've played Shinobi, like, you, you shoot in the front and try to avoid other shots from other... I, I don't know. This is a terrible description. But you're Dick Tracy, <laughs> and you're just trying to kill gangsters, okay? There you go. And you can shoot in the foreground and the background, and it's just a, a simple arcade-style game, which I never think made it into the arcades. It's really high quality, I think, for a for a movie tie-in, especially for a movie that, depending on who you talk to, is a great cult classic or really isn't that good. So, yeah, and it's Sega. And Sega really rarely misfired back then. I'm not going to say rarely misfires, period, because they certainly do. But uh, back then, they were pretty good about it. So there you go. My number five is Dick Tracy for the Sega Genesis. All right. Well, I think actually it's it's interesting because both of our number fives are similar in that I think that there's some maybe a little bit of personal attachment slash bias and less about just like general appeal because I, the rest of my list, uh, truth be told, I don't think there's going to be any real controversy about any of the picks, right? Everyone's just mm -hmm. going to be like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good game. My number five though maybe up for debate. Um, it is Lawnmower Man for the Super Nintendo. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I think I've probably brought this up on the show at least once. Um, that, uh, you know, as much as my parents were, were all around, like really, really great parents and did a, did a great job with my brother and I, there were maybe some questionable choices about content consumption where, you know, we weren't allowed to watch things that were crude or, or gross, like Ren and Stimpy or like The Simpsons, for instance, but uh, wanton violence was apparently okay. And I've never quite understood <laughs> the rationale for that. Um, and so that's part of the reason that I liked Terminator so much. It's also the reason why I watched The Lawnmower Man several times when I was younger and uh, came to really like that movie. In retrospect, that might be part of the reason that I got into computers as a profession. But the interesting thing about it is I actually, I'd have to go back and play it again because it's been quite a while. But uh, Lawnmower Man was one of those ones that I got really good at because I played it so many times. And it it actually really has a lot going for it. Um, it's mostly a side scroller um, at its mm. core. But it's, it's a side-scroller shooter, kind of. I mean, you could liken it a little bit to something like a Contra, but it's not as super action-y as a Contra game is. It's a little bit more uh, methodical, I think, than Contra. But what makes it really stand out for me is how they vary up the gameplay. It's not just a platformer. You also have sections where you enter into the virtual reality world and those completely change the gameplay from just a side-scrolling shooter to a first-person flying game where you are basically flying down a essentially like a corridor 
Um, and it becomes very arcadey where you need to dodge like obstacles and shoot these virtual enemies and make it to the end of the level. And it takes a lot of like twitch reflexes to be able to dodge all of the stuff they throw at you and everything like that. And so it's just, it's a really cool mix of stuff, but it also really leans into what the movie was truly about, um, in some really entertaining ways. And so, like I said, maybe it hasn't held up. And now that I've been talking about it for this episode, I'll probably have to go and throw it in because I still have my cartridge, but, um, I think it seems like it's one that feels very overlooked. Um, and so I wanted to kind of bring that to the forefront because as far as like movie tie-ins go, I, I actually think they did a pretty solid job. Okay. I've never played Lawnmower Man. I've heard that it does a lot of technically cool things, but that's, I'd like that pick because it's considered to be a pretty bad game. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I said, it's, 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 it's kind of like, it's my, it's Castlevania 64, right? It's, it's that same camp of, I like it and I can see why it's enjoyable, but objectively, maybe it's not the greatest game. So maybe, you know, at the end of the day, maybe I can begin a, a lawnmower man renaissance. Like I think, you know, people are finally coming back around to Castlevania 64 now. Who knows? You heard it here first. Shane's thinking right. about streaming lawnmower man for a few weeks. I mean, fuck it. I'll do that. Yeah, channel. I don't care. Let's I know do you it. will. <laughs> Uh, probably tonight if you're listening to this on Sunday. We'll find out. And that could be any Sunday. That's totally nebulous. Mm. Number four. My number four is Aladdin mm. for the Sega Genesis. Of course it is. Because, of course, it's the better one. Why wouldn't you? Just because he has a sword. He has a sword? He does have a sword. He does have a he sword. He does, and he doesn't jump on enemies. He stabs them. It's in my cold, dead American heart, stabbing people is better than jumping on them. And so it must be so. The, the Look, I mean, at the end of the day, Aladdin's a really solid game for the Genesis. It probably doesn't control just as well as the Capcom game for the Super Nintendo or whatever, right? Uh, but it it's still... Like the animation is so smooth and I cannot, I cannot communicate how big of a deal Aladdin was when it came out all those years ago. I don't even think a lot of people even knew there was an Aladdin game for the Super Nintendo. And that's because the Genesis game just delivered on all fronts. It was amazing. Like the, the I feel marketing... personally attacked by that comment. <laughs> and you should. The, <laughs> the game just, it resonated with such a, a large group of people and I didn't know this. I can't remember which podcast I listened to uh, recently, but I had, I had to think about it. Donkey Kong Country, when it came out, wasn't competing against Sonic. It was competing against Aladdin, and the numbers Aladdin was pumping out of the Genesis at the time. That's mind-blowing. Mm. So so Aladdin is, is, is that good. Has it held up today? I don't really want to talk about that, but I do want to talk about <laughs> how good... Aladdin was for the Genesis when it came out and how much it meant to me as a kid playing that game repeatedly. I, mm. I really did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, in my number four is also Aladdin <laughs> for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. I can't wait until later this year. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are getting a preview right now. This is what's happening. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, so I, I had a lot of the same sentiment around the Super Nintendo version. Um, I never played the Genesis version because I didn't own a Genesis, but it didn't matter because I had the Super Nintendo version, and that version oh. is fantastic. So, ah. yeah, it's a super tight platformer. It's got incredibly vibrant, colorful levels, great sound design. Like, I can still hear a lot of the sound effects of that game, like, to this day in my head. Um, it's just, it's so well done. And a, a lot like, you know, a lot of, of other Super Nintendo games, especially ones that I've talked a lot about, like Turtles in Time or Contra 3 or whatever, if you know what you're doing, you can get it done in like a half hour or so. So it's a great one to sit down and just kind of crank that out if you, you know, crank want to kill some time. And um, again, one of the things that I lauded Lawnmower Man for kind of also applies here in that they do really have um, some great varied styles of gameplay throughout the course, you know, of the experience. You have your traditional side-scrolling platforming, no sword, although you do get to bounce on top of enemies' heads and throw apples at them to stun them, which I feel like is sufficient. And also, in character, for Aladdin, let me just say, he's not a knife-wielding maniac, but that's fine. Uh, and, you know, He's so you get through that, that, and then you also have um, the magic carpet levels, which you get, you know, the, sort of the flight thing. It's still side-scrolling, but it's a different sort of, you know, control scheme in that. Um, so you got to kind of tackle that differently. Plus, the bonus level is a lot of fun. It's super relaxing. It's basically their take on the the whole new world sequence when he's with the princess, and you're on the, the magic carpet, um, with both of them and you're controlling it and it's really just this super zen like chill level at night and you just fly around and collect uh, gems for like extra bonus points and stuff. Um, so I always enjoyed that. It's, it's actually a really nice break in the action like about midway through the game. So that's always cool. Um, it also has a really great vertical level um, when you're inside the genie's lamp that is very reminiscent of a lot of the sections of like Metroid, like the original Metroid, where you have a lot of that verticality, which I thought was pretty cool. And then of course you have like the final boss fight with a giant like screen filling snake Jafar, uh, which is which is always entertaining. So all in all, really solid game. Um, yeah, and it was also one of those ones that was a pretty big part of my childhood. Um, I watched the movie a ton and played this front to back quite a few times, so. Yeah, is why it deserves my number four spot. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you also picked the Sega Genesis version. I'm really happy for you. Yeah, um, I I'm I'm sorry, you must have misheard me. I I picked the correct version, I believe. Yeah, the, the Sega Genesis was. version. Like yeah, the, I said. on the Super Nintendo. Yes, that uh, that's the one. Mm -hmm. Yes. By the way, this is going to be a future episode this year, so stay tuned. We are going to be debating this. <laughs> number three. Okay, my number three is GoldenEye 007 for the mm. N64. I almost contemplated leaving this game entirely off the list because we said it did not hold up today, but I had to remind myself that in 19... Was it 1997 or 98? I can't remember. Uh, one of those years. Yeah. It was 97. Yes. Uh, this game was amazing. Everyone was playing this game multiplayer single player and this was something that was so new and revolutionary and it tied into a movie that 
granted, came out two years before, but it was what I knew it from. I knew it from the movie. And what better way to have that tie-in to that game? I don't know anyone who didn't like GoldenEye in 1997. And I guess this is extremely relevant because the game is just getting a re-release, I think, like, now at the time of recording. So, yeah, last yeah, week. I think it's out now, yeah. Yeah, it's out now. It's out now. And you can go get it now. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's relevant. But GoldenEye, I, I, I still don't think it holds up today. But for everything it did back then with the multiplayer, the campaign mode, how it really revolutionized people's mindset when it came to putting first person shooters on consoles, even though I hate first person shooters, don't mind me. That's besides the point. It's it's a landmark title that I think is well deserved of the acclaim that it received back at the time it was released. So GoldenEye is an easy number three for me. Takes it. There you go, Goldeneye. There's there's your vengeance. There's your there's your arc. Okay, you you got you got your you got your story. So congratulations, number three, Goldeneye. <laughs> All right. Well, my uh, number three is Spider Man Two. Oh, this game, man. I I've said a number of times on the show that I have, I think, soured on the idea of open world games for several reasons. I think they're overdone slash not done well. I think it's very easy to be lazy about that now. But Spider-Man 2 fucking nails it, man. And actually, to the point where, for the longest time, this was considered to be kind of the gold standard as far as well, Spider-Man games just kind of in general, but even open world games. it's based on the Sam Raimi films, the the, the Raimi verse of Spider-Man, if you will. And um, it's just a really excellent implementation of sort of an open world New York City. And what I think makes this work so well is just how well they implemented the web slinging mechanic. Because I think one of the big things about open world games that can make or break it is how good your traversal systems are. And so this just nails that. It is so much fun to just swing around the city and just find new shit to discover or take down criminals and fight supervillains. Like they bring in villains that weren't even in like the Raimi movies. They just include them here. And it's just a really fantastic implementation like it's one of the better superhero games in in my opinion and i think it up until the the spider-man game that had come out more recently for uh ps4 ps5 and that because i think that one has been pretty well regarded as well i actually have it and have yet to actually sit down and have time to play it Uh, but everything i've heard about has been really good so i think that one is probably a very worthy successor to this but before that Um, this was really like this set a bar for this kind of gameplay. And, uh, and so that's why I've got it at my number three. That's really cool. I didn't know that you played the Spider-Man 2 video game. I know I haven't touched it and I've never heard you talk about it before. And that's, Hey, that's awesome. I didn't know you seemed that well received. Yeah. I guess I've never brought it up, but yeah, I, uh, I I definitely really enjoyed it. I played it quite a while ago, but I'm sure at some point it'll, It'll be, it'll be on the show, so. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Number two. Okay, number two. Who likes going to the arcades and shooting shit? Ooh, ooh, me. A lot me. of shit. Yes. 
Yes, I love my rail shooters for the most part. And I also love the Terminator. So oh. I couldn't make a list without saying Terminator 2 Judgment Day for the arcade. Ah, that's such a good pick. It's an amazing game. And the console versions do not do this game justice. Do not play this <laughs> game on a console. No. Don't do it. They're not even like really that bad. They're just the best they could do. But you're doing yourself a huge disservice if you even think about doing that. Go find a local arcade if you can. And if it has Terminator 2 Judgment Day, you play it. Because yes. that's what you do with that game. It is so much fun. You'll die a lot like you would in any arcade game. But you're going to have a good time. Terminator 2 Judgment Day was the perfect game at the perfect time. Still holds up today. And you can still go to an arcade and have a great time with it. So easy number two pick. I really don't have to say much beyond that. You are fucking shooting Terminators and shit. Go have a good time. Play it. Yeah. I'm actually, I gotta be honest, I, I am disappointed in myself that I did not even think to include that on this list, especially with how I've talked about it in the past. But <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that you brought it up. Uh my number two is well it's it's actually another superhero game um but it is x-men origins wolverine damn this game is like better than it probably had any rights to be um the movie was awful yeah the movie sucked dick but let me tell you what this if you ever want to experience like x-men origins don't don't watch the movie just play this game because it, it's also a different plot anyway probably for the best a but, better one yeah, uh, yeah, it's a low bar, but still. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this was developed by Raven Software, who were also responsible for Marvel Ultimate Alliance. So you've kind of got that that pedigree there. Um, fun thing about this, and totally the right call, by the way, is that this is one of the few rated M Marvel like superhero games. So it's it's very unusual. Usually they they like to hedge their bets with that one and stick in that like, you know, rated T for teen, PG-13 realm so that they can still be marketable, you know. Um, but no, they went all in on this one. And this is also something you'll get from this game that you would not get from really any of the the movies, any of the X-Men movies or anything, is just it really it really just nails the very visceral nature of Logan and and how he is as Wolverine there is there's just like rivers of gore in this game like there Ooh. you there's a reason like this man has adamantine claws he will rip a motherfucker apart and in this game you can do that and it's fantastic um nice. and the gameplay itself is just great like Raven themselves said that they were inspired by things like devil may cry and like the first god of war and this it really shows because this game plays a lot like those games um and in addition to the just really f satisfying gameplay you also get like this whole mutagen character upgrade system you get like unlockable costumes through like throughout the the x-men timeline for for wolverine that you can swap out so if you can get your hands on a copy of it I would highly recommend it, especially if you're a fan of, of superheroes or X-Men. Like, if you haven't checked this out, uh, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because this is one of the the rare ones where it's, uh, it's a really, really solid experience that's based on a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> so... Number one. My number one is Batman. 
from the Nintendo Entertainment System. Ah, the purple Batman. Oh, that game is so good. It has wall jumping and it controls brilliantly and it has great timing. It's a challenge. And it's just the animation in that game is is so smooth in between the 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 gameplay where you have those little cutscenes. They're much better than they have any right to be. And it's just it's so much fun. The soundtrack just oh, it's a fucking bangs. It's so good. Sunsoft knew how to make a good soundtrack. They knew how to make a good action platformer. It just this is the epitome of what I think a video game game should be. Because when you really think about it, it doesn't really tie into the movie. And that's what makes it better. So I I love me some Batman for the NES. It probably could have just as easily been Batman for the Genesis, but I didn't play that. And I have not played Batman Returns for the Sega CD or what is it, Batman Forever for the Saturn and the PlayStation, which is actually a, supposed to be a decent beat-em-up. But I have played the NES version, and that is an amazing game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the again, repeating myself here. Music, music's great. But yeah, if you like a decent action platformer, go check out Batman. It's my favorite. Obviously, that's why I put it at number one. And it's Batman. So you gotta, you gotta talk like this the entire time you play. That's right. Or you're not a real, you're not a real Bruce Wayne. Where is he? Uh, well. You know, Chris, how you were saying there's there's this one game that was just man is so big back back in the day, and it was so big. It was, it was loved by everyone, and yeah. everybody played it. And yeah, whew, man. Uh, well, that game is also my number one pick. So it's Goldeneye. 007 hey. is my number one. Um, I mean, how could it not be? Honestly, like GoldenEye was such a huge part of my my gaming life growing up. I mean, bringing you know the N sixty four and doing the four four player multiplayer death matches just all night, ordering pizza with friends. Like it's yeah, like there's there's a lot of really good memories associated with this game, and while it does not um, hold up as well today for a number of reasons. Although I will say that if you play it, if you're playing like OG GoldenEye, it, it does not hold up very well. But if you play um, like the modded GoldenEye, which I believe was based on the, uh, the, the, the remaster that Rare actually had 100% finished, but never released due to licensing BS with MGM. That's actually the better way to play it, especially if you're going to play with like mouse and keyboard, because that's what I did uh, for our, our stream a while back. And it's still actually a lot of fun. Um, if you get, if you get, and that's really the thing is at the time it was like kind of revolutionary for a number of reasons. One, it was a huge step in the right direction for console FPSs. It's basically like, you know, it pioneered console fps and paved the way for the likes of like call of duty and things like that and it also took uh, let's be real a kind of batshit controller with the n64 and made it work like surprisingly well like better than it probably had any rights to um having said that though the game itself is still actually a lot of fun if you divorce it from that control scheme and just play it like a traditional fps you can still have a really good time and so there's also like GoldenEye Source where somebody went and 
basically recreated GoldenEye in the Source engine. Also a fantastic way to play the game, I might add. But yeah, like it, it had to have been my number one because of all the things I've talked about, I had a really big personal attachment to Aladdin, but GoldenEye was just fucking ubiquitous. It was everywhere. Um, and honestly, it's like the reason that GoldenEye is the only James Bond movie that I could tell you the entire plot of from memory. <laughs> and I could not do that for any of the other ones. And it's because it just burned all of that into my brain. Um, so there was very much that like cultural presence that it sort of brought to it that never really got replicated, even when they tried to do it with like Tomorrow Never Dies and stuff. It just, it didn't, it just couldn't match what GoldenEye did. So, um, so yeah, it, it takes my number one. I, I guess that's fair because you, I think the point you made at the end there, say I do listen, is that the, <laughs> you know, the, the subsequent James Bond games, no one ever talks about them except if you're like an extreme James Bond fan. Yeah. And I think that that says a lot. Like everyone knows what GoldenEye is. And if I put it third and you put it one, I think it's our undisputed number one movie tie-in game of the Retro Hangover podcast. I think that's I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's also comes from an era where, you know, there are things that you you probably wouldn't necessarily get today. Like all of the, I mean, it sounds dumb now maybe, but having all of the really cool, like unlockable, like cheat code features by, you know, completing challenges in the main campaign, like big head mode and like all that stuff or golden guns only or whatever. Like those are things that now like cynically would probably be just locked behind like DLC or some bullshit or a microtransaction. And that's a bummer. (laughs) And so that was part of, I think the longevity of the game was that the death match was so much fun and you could kind of do so much with it. And you had this drive to keep playing the campaign levels, which let's be real, maybe not the greatest, uh, you know, in retrospect, as far as design of the levels go, but you had a motivation to do it because you needed to like beat the level under a certain time or what have you on a certain difficulty to like unlock all of the available like cheat code things that you could activate. And so it just, it had a lot going for it. So it was, it was, it was a different era, different time. That's right. Love the big head mode. But speaking about big heads, I guess this is the time where we have to, you know, leave the show and kind of promote the extra stuff. So Shane, Mm. how about you roll this episode out? Uh, roll that beautiful bean footage. Um, yeah. So, Hey, uh, you know what? We got a lot of stuff for you to check out. And if you don't already know about it, then you should, and you can find out by going to our link tree. So that is link tree, uh, slash retro hangover. That's L I N K T R dot E E slash retro hangover. And therein, you can find a whole bunch of very pretty looking buttons that will take you to a bunch of places like our merch store or our Patreon, if you want to support the show in that fashion, as well as, uh, you know, like our, our, our Twitch or the YouTubes, where we have all of our episodes and all of our, you know, VODs from Twitch all uploaded there for, for your convenience. Um, what else we got? We got socials. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So you should go, you should go look at all of that. And as I think Chris mentioned earlier, uh, now is the best time to, to join the Patreon, uh, 
not only because we currently have the King of Games 1992 tournament in full swing, uh, but Patreon uh, has just recently rolled out that free trial feature. So if if you've been on the fence about it, if you've been like, yeah, I don't know, man, like I kind of like those guys, but I, I don't know if I like them enough to give them my cold, hard cash. Well, now you can go and for 14 days, you can try out everything that it is that we have to offer to you as far as bonus content goes. And let me tell you, it is a lot there, there is a backlog there. You, you will be entertained for, for many, many a moon. So there's like no obligation. You can just go try it out. If you like it, then you can join up and then you get, uh, you get, you get to go into the, the, the fancy seats in our patron exclusive chat channels and the discord and, uh, vote on things. It's, it's a whole thing. You, you, you we might as well just give you like a, like a sash or something that just says patron on it, but you can just imagine that in your head. Although, level. although, you know, if you, if you go at a, at a higher, you know, donation tier, you actually do get physical swag. You could get a, you, do. you know, a magnetic uh, bottle opener that's exclusive to patrons. Or if you go, if you go just all in, just, just balls deep, then, you know, you could also get balls an exclusive t-shirt that is only available to patrons at that highest level. And so far it is a, it is a very exclusive club. So you could become a part of that too. Yeah. Get, get balls deep in your t-shirt. That's right. Just make sure you wash it with something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, uh, I suppose it's probably time for us to wrap this up. So (laughs) like you should, when you're going balls deep, that's right. Wrap, wrap it up. That's, that's your, that's your PSA, your after-school PSA from or have, the retro. Have them wrap podcast. it up. I don't want to. I don't want to take this one way. You know. Just no. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a team effort. So team effort. That's right. That's fucking teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. So Indeed. there you go. And uh, with all of that probably unnecessarily being said, <laughs> until next time, play with your better like that big head mode joysticks.